Warning, this episode contains spoilers for various Star Wars video games and stories. Proceed at your own risk. A canon can be described as a work, quote, the body of works taking place in a particular fictional world that are widely considered to be official or authoritative, especially those created by the original author or developer of the world. Canon is often contrasted with or used as the basis for works of fan fiction and other derivative works. While this episode shares the title of a particular non-canon series within the Star Wars Expanded Universe, Infinities, this episode is meant to touch on more than just that limited run of comic books. We will explore the idea of canon within the Star Wars Expanded Universe, largely prior to the 2012 Disney acquisition, though we will touch on that as well. First, a note on terminology. For the purposes of this episode, we will be using the term canon in its general sense to refer to the entirety of the Star Wars works to include elements of the expanded universe, also now known as legends in the current continuity. When we refer to what is now called canon under the Disney regime, we will take care to delineate as, quote, Disney canon to avoid confusion. Thank the maker. Originally, and to the chagrin of many Star Wars fans, George Lucas, the author, originator, and ultimate creator of the Star Wars mythos, has always had a tenuous relationship with the canonicity of the expanded universe. Outside of his original works, the original and prequel trilogies and later, allegedly the CGI animated Clone Wars, Lucas has been quoted as saying, Quote, there's my world, which is the movies, and there's this other world that has been created, which I say is the parallel universe, the licensing world of the books, games, and comic books, end quote. And, quote, I don't read that stuff. I haven't read any of the novels. I don't know anything about that world. That's a different world than my world, end quote. Among other statements that delegitimize the expanded universe, at least in the minds of the creator. Despite these somewhat disparaging remarks, he did have involvement with production such as the 1985 Ewoks Battle for Endor, among other expanded universe projects, though his involvement has ranged from direct intervention and approval to none at all relying on the licensing and story teams hired through Lucasfilm, LucasArts, or other subsidiaries. Broadly speaking, outside of the original and prequel trilogies, any officially licensed work that has been accepted into the greater constellation of the Star Wars mythos is referred to as, quote, After the Star Wars was released, it became apparent that my story, however many films it took to tell, was only one of thousands that could be told about the characters who inhabit its galaxy. But these were not stories that I was destined to tell. Instead, they would spring from the imagination of other writers, inspired by the glimpse of a galaxy the Star Wars provided. Today, it is an amazing, if unexpected, legacy of Star Wars that so many gifted writers are contributing new stories to the saga. End quote. George Lucas. The Expanded Universe, or EU as it's known, comprises the main body of canon texts and materials that outline and define the characters and events of the Star Wars saga. This was composed of everything including and added to the movies, from video games to novels, comic books, and toys. Encyclopedic texts such as the internal working documents at Lucasfilm or online databases have been established to systematize the hundreds of source materials that make up the EU. Other works have gone through great efforts to compile, codify, and serve as comprehensive guides to the expanded universe continuity, such as visual dictionaries, essential guides, and the open source website, Wikipedia, among others, that try to synthesize and make sense of the contradictions and retcons that inevitably arrive when projects the size and scope of the EU with all its myriad authors, artists, and creatives. The EU canon would, after the Disney acquisition, 
be relabeled as legends and placed outside of the new Disney continuity that would take the name canon to delineate themselves and open up the works for new creations. These different sources are given different levels of priority over the quote-unquote true canon, depending on authorship, with precedence going to George Lucas's work, followed by anything sanctioned under his direct oversight, followed by publishing houses and other licensed mixed media. Some franchises, such as RPGs, that have multiple potential outcomes are typically decided to have a canon or true event with all other possibilities becoming non-canonical. Finally, on the fringes exist works that are not considered canon or whose canonicity is questioned. Deference is usually given in descending order. The right to veto, retcon, or change established text laying with Lucas himself, or now whatever Disney corporate head, and then downwards through the list. Within the scope of the EU canon, there are yet other stories that have been written as either intentional hypothetical scenarios outside of the canon works of the EU, or works that have become overwritten, retconned, or otherwise decanonized or contradicted. And it is these works that we would like to focus on now. You are listening to the Star Lords Podcast. I find your lack of patience disturbing. Why you stuck up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder? But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Infinities and non-canon works. Star Wars Infinities was a series of published Star Wars comics from the early 2000s that intentionally depict non-canon events or diversions within the Star Wars universe. These follow a trend of alternative event fiction similar to the Marvel What If series or the DC Comics Elseworlds that mixes characters, events, or premises from their own continuities. Infinities has alternative takes on the events of the original trilogy. What if Tarkin had fired the Death Star laser on Yavin sooner, not waiting for its full destructive power, winning the day for the Empire? What if Han was unable to save Luke from the brutal Hoth winter at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back, culminating in Leia being trained as a Jedi in Luke's stead? What if the initial attempt to rescue Han Solo on Tatooine at the beginning of Return of the Jedi failed? culminating in a series of events that leads to the redemption of the still-living Darth Vader, featuring a divisive, redeemed Vader dressed in his typical suit, now all in white. These are the stories that Infinities asked as it explored alternative and non-canon outcomes of the original trilogy. Star Wars Tales is a similar set of anthology stories, which some of, but not all, have been placed outside of the Star Wars canon and been added to the Infinities genre. It features some stories such as Skippy the Jedi Droid features a Force-sensitive R5-D4 who sacrifices himself to ensure the success of R2-D2's mission to deliver the plans of the Death Star and set off the events of A New Hope. Hoth, a simple story that features a Wampa's hunting habits, takedown of an Imperial droid, with little to no consequence in the narratives of the wider galaxy. Or Jedi Chef, which features an Iron Chef-like cook-off for a hut crime lord with the stakes being the freedom of the contestants. Or, The Secret Tales of Luke's Hand, an absurd meta-commentary on the number of belimmings in the Star Wars universe featuring a sentient dismembered hand of Luke, encountering other sentient disembodied limbs from the characters such as the Wampa and Ponda Baba, and piloting the Millennium Fist, culminating with a duel against Vader's hand in front of the Emperor's foot, told as a comedic parable told by Han Solo to his young and son Anakin and Prey, which features a non-canonical lightsaber duel between renowned bounty hunter Boba Fett and the infamous Darth Vader over the right to apprehend Han Solo on Tatooine. 
Among many other stories with various thematic styles from the comedic and abs to the absurd, the non-consequential, or the parabolic. Star Wars Visionaries is yet another anthology series put together by the artistic team behind Revenge of the Sith, with stories that have largely been included in the canon or have formed the premises for future canon inclusions, such as Old Wounds, which tells the story of a resurrected Darth Maul, featuring mechanical legs and overgrown horns, seeking his revenge on Obi-Wan Kenobi, already in exile on Tatooine, a tale written long before Maul's canonical survival after Episode One, and The Eyes of the Revolution, which tells the tale of a Kalishi warlord, Kaimian Jai Shilal, his life-altering injuries caused by Count Dooku, and his resurrection as General Grievous, initially taken as canon, however retconned in later Clone Wars material. Some of these stories have become so well-loved that elements of them have since been reintegrated into the Star Wars universe. Some, but maybe not all, of their story elements recycled or given new forms through later iterations or publications. The idea of R5-D4 being a more heroic figure and his actual motivations has since been recycled in Disney's Star Wars. One tale that depicts why Lando Calrissian names his future ship the Lady Luck is a story that was canonized whole through other, later publications. The resurrection of Ma Darth Maul, including his robotic legs, as well as his final duel with Obi-Wan on the sands of Tatooine, have also been reimagined both into the EU and into Disney canon. Star Wars Visions, an anthology television series set in the Disney era, but made in a similar idea of non-canon work with various artistic and stylistic interpretations of the Star Wars mythos. The Star Wars is non-canonical publication of the original George Lucas Star Wars drafts, telling the story of the Jedi Bendu, who once served as loyal protectors to a mostly kind-hearted emperor for an extensive span of 100,000 years. However, this era ended with the emergence of the malevolent Knights of Sith. Central to the narrative is the journey of a youthful character named Anakin Starkiller, son of the former Jedi Bendu Kane Starkiller. Anakin departs from their native world of Utapau, nestled in the Kessil system, and embarks on a voyage to the Aquila. Notably, Aquila remains an independent planet unaffected by the influences of the New Galactic Empire. Some Star Wars media is open-ended in its storytelling, featuring options and abilities for readers or players to make choices that affect the narrative of events, often including options of choosing the light side or the dark side, among many others. These mediums are built with player choice in mind, as a feature of the product and therefore their canonicity varies from being entirely non-canon to a certain set of choices being considered canon while dismissing all others. Alternative events and outcomes can be found in games that use player-made choices in video games and tabletop RPGs. Knights of the Old Republic and the Jedi Academy series are often included the ability for players to make choices about joining the light or dark sides of the force and include gameplay feature features and narrative endings suiting those decisions for their protagonist. In either case, there is usually a quote-unquote true ending or choice that is part of the expanded universe chosen by the creative team or reinforced in later publications or novelizations. The video game adaptation of Revenge of the Sith notably has an alternate ending where Anakin successfully kills Obi-Wan on Mustafar and is awarded a new lightsaber by Emperor Palpatine. Anakin, fully empowered by the dark side and injured, uninjured by his previous duel, quickly turns and dispatches Palpatine and declares himself the Emperor. The Force Unleashed video games feature various endings not only to their main protagonist but non-canonical encounters with other legacy characters. 
In one non-canon ending, Galen Merrick is severely maimed after killing Darth Vader and is resurrected as the Sith assassin, Lord Starkiller, who proceeds to kill Boba Fett, attack and kill Obi-Wan on Tatooine, dueling and corrupting Luke Skywalker on Hoth. In an unrelated alternative sequel ending, a dark side clone of Galen Merrick go on, goes on to kill Han Solo and Chewbacca on Endor and duels with the Jedi version of Leia who took the mantle after the supposed death of her brother Luke on Hoth. He kills her and helps Darth Vader attempt a coup against the Emperor. In the late 90s, Bantam Skylark released a trilogy of exclusive collector's edition paperback novels authored by Christopher Golden. These novels are tailored for young readers and are intricately tied to the original trilogy's events. Notably, these books incorporate an interactive twist by presenting multiple decision points where readers determine the story's progression by selecting specific pages to turn to. This engaging format empowers readers to shape the outcome of key events. The narrative unfolds in the second person, immersing the reader as Luke Skywalker's closest companion. As the story unfolds, the reader embarks on a transformative journey, accompanying Luke on his path to join the Rebel Alliance, attain the status of a Jedi Knight, and ultimately rescue the galaxy from the clutches of the Galactic Empire. These stories were known as Choose Your Own Star Wars exist anymore. I'm sorry you saw half a completed film and fell in love with it, but I want it to be the way I want it to be. Quote, George Lucas. Retcon, short for retroactive continuity, is a narrative technique where facts within a fictional world originally set by the narrative undergo adjustments, disregards, additions, or contradictions in later published work that redefines or disrupts the previous continuity Retcons can exist to fix inconsistencies with previous works or can create new ones when a creative lead decides to rewrite or dismiss previously published material. Star Wars is riddled with retcons over its multi-decade existence. Changes to the narrative have been made as early as the difference between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, A New Hope itself being a titular revision. Within the base movies themselves, there have been changes and edits, some of which have gained notoriety for their implications on character development. The now endlessly memed Han shot first is a notorious example of retconning and its narrative implication, although it is only one of many revisions to the Star Wars historical record. In the initial rendition of Star Wars in 1977 at the Mos Eisley Cantina, Han Solo encounters the bounty hunter Greedo. In the initial release of the scene, Han swiftly eliminates Greedo. Subsequent edits, however, depict Greedo making an unsuccessful attempt to shoot Han before being fired upon. Director George Lucas modified the scene to provide Solo with greater grounds for self-defense. This alteration has sparked disagreement among fans and analysts who argue that it diminishes Solo's character development. Further, earlier drafts of the script have been exhumed to challenge Lucas's claim that he never intended Han Solo to be a cold-blooded killer, and the change indicating that Han indeed shot first. Edits like these have greater artistic ramifications and lead to a larger metaphysical discussion about the completeness of art, perfectionism, and the artist's ability to call a finished work truly done or complete. There are many more changes that can be mentioned between cuts and versions, as well as narrative changes, elements such as the Clone Wars, Luke and Leia's relationship as siblings, and many more, are part of the endless number of retcons to the galaxy far, far away. The expanded universe has gone through great pains to attempt to mitigate retcons and tie as much non-contradictory or seemingly contradictory elements together 
through various examples. The BBY system, employed in numerous references to denote dates within Star Wars chronology, is an example of a retroactive continuity. Initially devised as a dating system external to the Sora universe, it gained popularity and was subsequently integrated into the narrative as an in-universe method of utilized by the New Republic. In a series of comic strips from 1978, later titled The Constancia Affair, Luke Skywalker's parents are referred to as Master and Mistress Pan Skywalker. During this time, the expanded universe was all in its early phases, and the identity of Luke's father remained uncertain, though it was clear that they both shared the Skywalker surname. The name Anakin was only unveiled in the 1983 film Star Wars Episode VI Return of the Jedi, five years after the Constancia Affair's release. Subsequently, the name Pan was retroactively established as a prestigious title granted to exceptionally skilled pilots. Initially, Jaster Mariel was intended to be the true identity of Boba Fett. However, with Episode 2 revealing that Boba was in fact a clone of his father, Jango, the name Jaster Mariel underwent a retroactive alteration, evolving into a distinct character, Jango's mentor and predecessor as Mandalore. This shift clarified that Boba adopted the alias as a tribute to the actual Jaster. To further shroud his origins, Boba Fett deliberately propagated a range of rumors about his identity, capitalizing on the galaxy's limited knowledge of him. In the Marvel Star Wars comic series, Boba Fett was initially thought to have fought alongside a team of super commandos from Mandalore during the Clone Wars' final stages. The reported survivors included Boba Fett, Toby Dalla, and Sen Shiasa. However, this narrative was later revised. The supposed Boba Fett was revealed to be a renegade ARC trooper named Spar, fixated on restoring the Mandalorian's former glory. Initially conceptualized by George Lucas, the Jedi character Quinlan Vos was intended to feature in Episode 3 as one of the numerous Jedi casualties resulting from Order 66. Notwithstanding their intentions to explore additional narratives involving Vos, the writers of Star Wars Republic incorporated his demise into the cinematic adaptation's comic book rendition. Subsequently, upon discovering that Lucas had not actually filmed Vos's death sequence, they chose to retcon the scope, altering his demise to mere injury. This revision allowed for Vos to return, albeit wounded, in Republic 82. Vos's death is one of many Jedi whose deaths have been retconned numerous times, like Shaq T, who has had multiple supposed deaths. For such an expansive work, retconning is par for the course and is used to try to synthesize sometimes desperate information to create a more complete narrative. Sometimes, and unintentionally, retcons open other plot holes or inconsistencies and implemented that must later be resolved, rewritten, or ignored. Pastiches, homages, parodies, and satire. A pastiche refers to a creation in fields like visual art, literature, theater, music, or architecture, which emulates the style or essence of one or multiple other artists' work. In contrast to parody, pastiche is a sincere tribute that honors the work it replicates rather than satirizing it. Star Wars is often considered a pastiche that draws inspiration from various sources, including classic space serials, mythology, westerns, samurai films, and more. It blends elements from different genres and artistic styles to create its own unique and iconic universe. Within it, Star Wars honors these influences with homages to various works that inspired it. To that end, it, it in turn has received the honor and humor of being itself parodied in numerous other works. Star Wars is referenced in other media, either as secret Easter eggs or explicit messaging, as Star Wars does for so many other films. Of course, none of these works are considered canon, 
and should therefore live in a category of their own. In the film E.T., the alien life form from the Spielberg classic, appears in the Senate of the Republic and are referred to as the Asogiana, so named for their home planet, Roto Asogi. Despite this, this is not to draw an explicit link between either universe. Similarly, in the Indiana Jones movies, the hieroglyphs in the backgrounds of a temple feature R2-D2 and C-3PO. The story we have previously mentioned in prior episodes comes from the Star Wars tale Into the Great Unknown, which tells the tale of Han Solo and Chewbacca crash landing on Earth, after which Han is killed and Chewbacca wanders the woods to become the Sasquatch. Many years later, Indiana Jones then appears and stumbles across the wreckage in pursuit of the fabled cryptid. Other works have lampooned and parodied Star the Star Wars franchise, including well-known movies such as Spaceballs and Blue Harvest, as well as television shows that routinely take place in the galaxy far, far away, such as Robot Chicken. Tag and Bink, protagonists of a comic book series that humorously parodies Star Wars films, were brought to life by writer Kevin Rubio and artist Lucas Marangon. As secondary characters, they intentionally or inadvertently shaped occurrences within the first and second film trilogies, providing explanations for some of the series' seemingly implausible incidents. Hailing from Corellia and Alderaan respectively, Tag and Bink cross paths after their latent force potential is uncovered. These Jedi in training are depicted in the comics as haplessly triggering pivotal events throughout the Star Wars universe. Fan theories, speculation, and fan fiction. Despite all the attempts to draw clear lines between what is and is not canon, sometimes there is not enough information or subtext is introduced that leads to additional thoughts and theories left to the viewer. Theories range in plausibility from the likely or implied to the controversial to the absurd, depending on the evidence put forward to support or dismiss these theories. While there are many theories, we have only time for our modest selections below. Obi-Wan and Sistine Kree's Cat Asylum. It is well established that the Jedi Obi-Wan Kenobi and the Duchess Sistine Kree's of Mandalore had some form of infatuated relationship. To what extent that relationship was allowed to blossom or mature is not known. However, Satine and her sister Bo-Katan had a nephew, Corky Kreese, who was a student at the Royal Academy of Government. Corky was allegedly born to an unknown third sibling who is never named or referenced. Further, Corky bears physical similarities to a middle-aged Kenobi. It is theorized that Kreese hid her pregnancy and did not tell Obi-Wan for fear he would leave the Jedi Order to be with her. Boba Fett killed Owen and Beru Lars. Suggesting the brutal way in which Owen and Beru Lars were killed on Tatooine seemingly set ablaze, their smoking skeletal remains and home are left where Luke happens upon them. Sand troopers aren't typically known to carry incendiary weapons, seemingly at odds with the carnage seen on screen. One character is notable to frequent Tatooine, take on Imperial contracts, and use wrist-mounted flame-projecting weapons. Coincidence? Darth Jar Jar, a theory seemingly incepted by a Reddit user of Wamparo Wu, name referencing Chewbacca's son, puts forth a, th a thesis that Jar Jar Binks is in fact a powerful Sith Lord, orchestrating the events we see in Star Wars. Despite its apparently humorous and far-reaching conclusion, Wamparo Wu has compiled an exhaustive examination of the evidence in support of his theory. Dismissed as comical, a fool, might possess hidden depths as a formidable force user skilled in both combat and manipulation. Contrary to common belief, Jar Jar's clumsiness and apparent idiocy might be a calculated facade concealing his true abilities. 
It could be a skilled practitioner of the Force, adept in martial prowess and mind control, rather than a mere blunderer. Citing his incredible, quote, luck, attributed to the Force, his undue influence over major plot points, such as the granting of emergency powers to Palpatine, as well as citing real-world martial arts such as Zui Quan, known to misdirect and confuse opponents to make the fighter appear as if they're drunk, Jar Jar seemingly misdirects his opponents, making them believe he is clumsy and inept. Also, his eyes appear strikingly similar to Anakin's and Palpatine's when consumed by the dark side of the Force. Coincidence? In a seemingly redemptive approach to the evil Emperor Palpatine, one theory suggests that he had orchestrated the fall of the Republic and the rise of the authoritarian empire for not only self-serving reasons, but for the benefit of the survival of the galaxy as a whole. It is suggested that Palpatine had knowledge of the Yuuzhan Vong menace, and believing the galaxy too corrupt, fractured, and weak to survive an impending invasion, sought to take control and militarize and centralize in order to survive and face the threat of the Vong invasion as one. Sometimes theories arise when a lack of established information is presented, and a fan is left to deduce or speculate as to what did or didn't happen. It can also arise from seemingly unrelated associations, leaps in logic, or lack of evidence. The inclusion of the clone officer Rex, at least within the Disney canon, at the Battle of Endor, has led to the speculation of whether he is the formerly existing character of Nick Sant, an elderly bearded rebel commando. While Dave Filoni expressed his feelings not to superimpose his characters out of respect to Sant, it had largely been left to fan speculation to believe whether or not that character is Rex or not, or if Rex appears elsewhere off-screen on a mission. Fan films and fan fiction are also creative outlets that allow fans to engage with the universe of Star Wars and add their own creative spin. Some works are speculative and would fit neatly into the universe without contradicting or contravening pre-established lore, while others are interesting takes on established stories or characters that can offer new perspectives and insights, but might clash with the, in the accurate truths of the universe. Films like Rebel Scum and TK-436 tell smaller stories that can fit alongside existing canons, while others such as the Vader series by Star Wars Theory involve and explore main characters and events that would, if true, have a greater impact on the overall narrative. Some works, like Star Wars SC-38, extend existing continuity and add more modern cinematic effects to enhance the canonical event depicted in A New Hope and Obi-Wan and Vader duel for the last time. While fan films and fan fiction can range from the grotesque to the amazing, the obscene to the enlightened, and everything in between, ultimately it would be up to the publishing entity to canonize the work in question. Although, the fans have, and always will, choose whether or not they accept any given work into their own headcanon or continuity that they choose to accept. Disney Canon versus Expanded Universe. So what I have told you is true, from a certain point of view. Since its acquisition in late 2012, some works from the Expanded Universe have been transposed or reimagined within the new Disney Canon and may or may not resemble the original works stories, or characters. Officially, the Disney canon, now referred to as, quote, canon, has separated itself from the extant expanded universe that it has moved to the moniker of, quote, unquote, legends, and is no longer considered part of the canonical events of the galaxy far, far away. This dismissal of the older content is allegedly done in order to create a new cohesive narrative across the entirety of the new media content that Disney would produce, with varying results. Despite claims that there was no expanded material to work from, while simultaneously lifting ideas, characters, and stories from the previous expanded universe, char characters like Grand Admiral Thrawn exist in both canon and legends, 
with similarities and differences between their stories and personalities. The break between legends and canon is not so clean, as some elements such as the Clone Wars series exist across both continuities. This leaves questions for fans to speculate on what is or isn't to be included in legends, some opting for a decisive break from when Disney made the acquisition of Lucasfilm and all its related subsidiaries, and others being more flexible as to what to include. The term headcanon is sometimes used in cases where discretion is taken by the fan to speculate on what they themselves consider to be true, categorizing what they feel fits into canon, legends, or expanded universe. Now a word from our sponsors. The time has come for you to fulfill your destiny and join the Galactic Empire. Serve me in the Imperial Navy, the greatest fleet ever constructed. Or enlist in the Stormtrooper Corps. Do it. Obedience is mandatory. Long live the Empire. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for flying with us. Jordan here. Just wanted to let everyone know what's happening here at the Star Lords podcast. Star Lords is now on Discord. If you would like to join the Star Lords Cantina Discord server, you can find a link in the description or on any of our social media accounts. Reach out with a DM or email. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching the Star Lores podcast. Go ahead and give our page a like and send us a message. You can also email at starlorespodcast at gmail.com. Send us your fan art, Star Wars collections, or fan fiction, and you may even get a feature on one of our pages or even the show. Don't be afraid to offer corrections or add to any of the topics that we discuss on the show. We are also on Patreon. So if you want to help us pay the bills, as well as get a few awesome perks like bonus episodes, access to the private Facebook group, or the VIP section of the Discord server, head on over to patreon.com forward slash starlores and sign up for as little as one US dollar a month. And finally, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher app or YouTube, as well as sending us a five-star review on iTunes. This really helps us reach a wider audience. Enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome aboard the Millennial Falcon. This is Christian. And this is Jordan. We're currently sitting in Jordan's basement, <laughs> taking a break from the galaxy far, far away to uh, get a little retrospective on uh, our travels and outside universe uh, examination of Star Wars and Figuring out what's true and what's not. I feel like we're in the Matrix. <laughs> this is now a uh, literary critic <laughs> <of> podcast. <laughs> we're completely shifting gears. And Star Wars is absolutely literature. <laughs> if you don't agree, get out. Yeah, leave. <laughs> yeah, so today we're kind of exploring <coughs> everything from Star Wars <coughs> that is not canon explicitly. Um it is sometimes such a mess to untangle unless you've kind of followed the 
changes in the EU and if you like went through the Disney acquisition and now you're getting into Star Wars I, I can't imagine when you see old stories pop up you're like is this true is this real why is this called legends why is this called canon right um, and then to have another layer on that is having non-canon events that were intentionally published even back during the EU yeah um, so also and just as a reminder like this whole pod is we we ourselves consider legends to be canon, canon so yeah. i guess it's sort of head canon but like we consider it to be the uh, true star wars yeah disney is apocryphal <laughs> let's, uh, let's say that <laughs> and we encourage all our listeners to think the same way yeah uh so the, you know that is kind of the whole premise of the show so um j- just a, a an aside yeah um Honestly, I've been super excited to do this episode. This is one episode I've been wanting to do almost since the beginning of the podcast. So there's a lot to unpack here. It's definitely a good one to cover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it, it, some of these side stories are like really entertaining, humorous. Some are more serious. Some are quasi canonical. Like, oh, yeah, these elements are true. These elements are not true, obviously. Um, it's just such a mixed bag of stories. Um, yeah, some of them are like the actual Infinity's um, timeline is yeah. is like almost philosophical in nature, like sex and what a whole bunch of different questions. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it's a good exploration, and I encourage any listeners that can get their hands on any of this material to go actually look into it, read the stories, comics, um, media that have come out that is not necessarily canonical. Um. It's also been a little while since we've done one of these episodes where we kind of take a step back outside of the universe and kind of examine it from a real-world perspective. Um, Also, sorry, I wanted to just say before you moved on to the next point, um, it is also interesting what George Lucas considers canonical, (laughs) as we like (laughs) reference. Like, he almost doesn't think any of it in his own mind is really canonical. He just... He probably just allowed it to be written for the money, right? Yeah. But in in his mind, he's like, no, that's it's not just the really movies, Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> he's probably sitting there rewriting something in his own mind. And if you want to get really meta, yeah. even Lucas contradicts Lucas, both <laughs> in his quotes and in how he keeps retconning things himself. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's a mess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of think, like, Alan Dean Foster's novel, um, Splinter the Mind's Eye, uh, I don't know. I know that one was like, l- I believe if I remember correctly, uh, that Lucas specifically solicited Alan Dean Foster to write that. Like he wanted him to, uh, he him. like gave it his, bl- him his blessing to right. like write this. And to, in his mind, this was like that in between story between episodes four and five. Um, but you know even that it like doesn't make a whole lot of sense because in that book like luke has a full-on lightsaber battle with darth vader and is able to like hold his own but he's like he's like barely learned to use the force it's sort of almost a little absurd like i could i it would make more sense to me between episodes five and six yeah where he's like yeah had more training he's had training yeah like but even some of those things are kind of inconsistent between the book and the movies and that was like the first expanded universe sort of treatment that we ever got right so yeah exactly (laughs) um yeah no it's um just a quick aside too just on the title of the episode or the title of infinities does refer to a specific comic book run um we obviously open that up to mean a lot more than that eventually we would like to come back and return to the idea of infinities specifically and kind of maybe linger on those published works specifically i almost think we'll maybe do a review of the comic yeah exactly yeah that's kind of what i was thinking yeah so for anyone who is like a big Infinities fan specifically, I apologize <laughs> uh, if this title kind of misled you. Hopefully you still got some enjoyment out of this episode and hopefully we'll come back to this in the future. Um, also, just a, a note, keep an eye out on whenever you see Star Wars media, what it's tagged as canon or legends. Usually there's a little marker um, or banner on the on the cover of a book or comic that tries to indicate it if it's one of the others that was published after the Disney acquisition. Yeah. Um, and that's something we also want to kind of do with any social media posts, which we've largely stuck to legends material uh, for consistency. But 
if you see a post in the near future um, that's bannered as uh, canon, it refers to the Disney canon and is excluded from the legends, or Infinities, <laughs> which is one of these kind of stories that isn't real. Okay, I feel like uh, we like <laughs> we should treat it. Everything should not be legends. We don't earmark it legends, uh, and then every For everything that's Disney, we earmark it. Disney, Disney Apocrypha or something <laughs> to that extent. No, we don't call DA. it canon. Yeah, I I would like to do that, but it would p- confuse the heck out of people, which is something yeah, I'm trying to avoid. Yeah, yeah. It's already very confusing for people who haven't tracked all this. To step into it now for to, to new listeners or new people that join us on social media, they would just get even more confused. <laughs> Fair enough. But I would I would love to for Disney to be a slap at the mouth Apocrypha banner <laughs> and kick out of the you know it is funny though like um disney hasn't stopped publishing the old books right? yeah and again they republished under the new banner legend right yeah, yeah. they just they 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 sort of because they like the money yeah, and they know which, <laughs> yeah. what's successful <laughs> <laughs> and, and like another thing too is a lot of the merch uh the merch that actually sells still sells really well is obviously from the original trilogy um but even like uh, some some merch like I know like the, the Mara Jade figurine and yeah. others, expanded universe material. Yeah, they they sell better than a lot of the Disney the stuff, current stuff, which is like kind of wild to think about. I'm like. glad it, it <laughs> sends <laughs> them a message. <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of on that note too, uh, with the EU, uh, EU obviously that we prioritize in in uh, our podcast. I will. This is one of the few times you'll hear me be lenient towards Disney. There are some works that live in that gray zone that I am more than happy to integrate into Legends or the EU from the Disney canon. One notable exception is Rogue One. Um, I quite oh, like yeah. that film. It's one of the first things Disney did after they acquired the Star Wars IP. And I think it's it's not the greatest film ever made, but I enjoy it. And I don't see a problem with trying to synthesize it into the Legends universe. It's I'll definitely the best Disney film. Yeah, yeah Star absolutely. Wars, film. hands down. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it it certainly could, from what I remember, and I'm maybe there's people who've like gone over it with a fine tooth comb and, and yeah, there are some it. conflicting narratives that you kind of have to mentally again. You get back to the <laughs> yeah. canon space of like, okay, how does this actually work? Which is kind of fun in itself is to sit down and try to synthesize yeah. stories and like, okay, what we is need our legend scholars to come and uh, evaluate this uh, story <laughs> the feasibility of, yeah, of uh, Rogue One and whether or not it, it could fit inside yeah. of Legends. Um, and the other the other one, too, is uh, the Clone Wars CGI right, series, yeah. which like Obviously. actually ends after, Prior to after being purchased. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you have the whole like subplot of the siege of Mandalore. Well, it started prior to being purchased. Yeah, it started. It started in the old, yeah, exactly. It kind of like bridges this gap. So like, do you take all of it? Do you cut it off in, in the middle? For me, right. I, I like to take all of it, yeah. uh, and it, even up to and including elements of the Bad Batch as well, which has its hits and misses. But yeah. overall, conceptually, those characters were introduced prior to the Disney acquisition. So things like that, even for me, who I like to think I'm a purist, more or less. Um, I still make some exceptions. Yeah. But any any other lingering thoughts on the idea of infinities? There's some great stories. There's some interesting stories. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, it it's all like... The, it's the all whole, relative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all from a certain point. It's of view. All, um, all made up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, do, I do sort of like... One thing I'd like to dive delve more into is actual like fan fiction you know and uh um uh and throw that slap that with infinity's labels you know uh <laughs> some of it is great like yeah. some of it i just <laughs> mentally incorporate as if it was real yeah exactly and just like totally like continue to sort of expand that uh even things that are like not sanctioned but um yeah i don't know it's a uh, it's definitely it's definitely cool that there's there is like a space that you can sort of play in that it, uh, is a little more loosey goosey, and you can uh, experiment with different ideas yeah. inside of Star Wars, uh, which I think is cool. Uh, and you know, it. I wish more um, franchises kind of had that too. So, 
But uh, yeah, anyways, that's all I had to say. Um, I just wanted to remind everyone. <coughs> sorry. Um, make sure you reach out to us on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and Discord. If uh, you're having issues with the Discord link, just uh, send us a message and we'll g- give you a fresh one. Try to try to update it again here. <laughs> um, and then, um, yeah, if you want to support the show on uh, Patreon for three US dollars a month, you can um, support us and you'll get access to exclusive groups as well as the bonus con the bonus episodes that we have behind a paywall just three to three bucks a month we're probably one of the cheapest member <laughs> podcasts out there especially with all this inflation we do want to try and make it affordable uh for people so it's not like crazy but we also need to eat too. yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly um but uh yeah also send us your star wars fanfic send us your own um headcanon if you will or send us your own theories fan theories uh as well as if you have any art any star wars collection we would totally want to see that as well we we can possibly even repost it for you on our social medias and uh yeah anything beyond that oh yeah i wanted to thank we have a new patreon this month patron this month simon thank you so much for supporting the show welcome aboard the millennial fist yeah (laughs) (laughs) um yeah uh with uh with all that i think that's all i had to say anything anything else i forgot okay well we'll see you later